everyone, and welcome to Cold Coffee. It feels good to say that, doesn't it? It does. It really, really does. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2 of Cold Coffee. I'm Kristen Hewitt here with the lovely Miss Tova Lee in the UK. Tova, how are you? Welcome back. It's like the longest break ever. I know. People have been writing in and asking where we are. So here we are. We, we, we took a very long nap. But yes. we're back now. <laughs> we hibernated for a very long winter and half of spring to get our heads on straight. <laughs> straight for summer. Hello, hello. How have you been, Kristen? I mean, we've been chatting, but how have you been? Good, good. This hiatus was incredible. So much has happened. I know we have talked about it personally, but back on Valentine's Day, there was a school shooting just a few miles from where I live in Parkland at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Mm -hmm. I know you're familiar with it. That was quite sobering. So in my hiatus, I started something called Lollipops for Lockdown. You know, I, I don't know why, Tova, but when this tragedy happened and we were, you know, we knew people that were affected and at the heat games, at the broadcast, I interviewed the father of a, his daughter was shot several times. She did live. But just being so close to it, I just felt so helpless, like I had to do something. And I read this blog post that a teacher in Texas gives her kids lollipops during lockdown drills, because I know you don't have lockdown drills in the UK, correct? No, no. So basically a lockdown drill, for those of you listening who don't participate in them, who aren't in the States, is they practice having an active shooter in the building. And the kids have to hide in a bathroom and turn off the lights and they put paper over the teacher's windows to pretend like there's no one in the classroom. So, so sometimes they have to hide for 10 minutes. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. But imagine having 19 kindergartners huddled in a bathroom and you have to keep yeah. them quiet. So I read that idea and I thought, oh, I have to do this. So I walked into a local grocery store. They gave me enough lollipops, 2000 for our entire school. And Amazing. of course, being an overachiever that I am, I said, well, I have to get enough lollipops for everyone in our county, which was 120,000. Wow. So I did that and I started Lollipops for Lockdown and now people all over the country are doing it. So I'm really, it made that's me feel amazing. good to do something small and sweet to help our community. So yeah, no, that's incredible. And it's such a good idea. It's a really simple idea. It's so scary. So no, we, we don't, you know, we don't deal with that in the UK, but I think it's a great idea. And it's amazing that you followed through and you did it all really incredible. Yeah. It was, it felt really good to just give back. And now I understand yeah. why so many people volunteer because when you're doing something that's bigger, you know, for your community and bigger for you, it just, it just made me feel whole. It made me feel like I could do something in, in such a senseless tragedy. Yeah. So what about okay. you? What have you been up to? <laughs> I feel like now anything I say sounds so lame. Like I haven't done anything for others. I'm really so You dyed your hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm all about myself. Like, it's all about me, 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 me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, it's true. It's completely true. I'm very aware of it. No, no, but that's I, good that you're doing yeah. something for you because so many of us <laughs> neglect ourselves. So I'm glad to hear that you're taking yeah, care of you. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna tw we're gonna spin it that way. We're gonna spin it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, it's true actually. So yeah, I've been having a bit of a midlife crisis. <laughs> it kind of started a few months ago, I guess, and I decided to sort of do something about it. I guess, like I don't know. This is the topic of our show, by the way, you guys, right? Midlife crisis, mom, mom life, life crisis. crisis. Mom yeah. Life crisis, yeah, <laughs> is the topic of our show. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. 
turned 42 this year. My kids are, my eldest is now seven. The twins are nearly five. And I just, I don't know. I just felt like I was about to explode. I don't know. Like all these feelings and emotions and I don't know, just kind of like losing a sense of who I was, looking at myself and going, I don't even know who you are anymore. Like in all aspects, how I look, how I feel, what I'm doing, the life that I'm living, like everything, everything, like how I've changed. I just reached a point where I felt like I something had to happen. Otherwise, I would literally, I don't know, I'd just fall off the edge. Like I really felt on the edge. And there was a bit of a health scare or a, at some point a few months ago, which by the way, Mom Life Crisis is, a, is an online series that I'm doing at the moment. So if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's on my Facebook page. And it's amazing, by the way, Thank you guys. You. Like I watched Thank them you. over and over again. My husband has <laughs> watched them. I cried, I teared up at episode two because I think so many of us can really, and this is going to be the topic of our show today. But so tell everybody about your health crisis because that's not something you really elaborated no, on in the first episode. I didn't talk about it in the episode when I started uh, telling why I was doing this because I didn't want it to take away from these feelings were there before the health scare and I didn't want it to sound like it was all about the health scare I feel like the health scare gave me the kick up my bum that I needed to sort of get do something about it but at the mm-hmm. end of the day the feelings were all there so I had a mammogram earlier this year and I'll make this really short they basically called me back and said oh we found something and you know how when somebody gives you that news, you like your mind is racing and you have a million thoughts in like a split second. Yeah, you're like, I need to make a will. Who's going to yeah, yeah, take exactly. care of my kids? Yeah, yeah so who's going to look after the kids? And oh my God, my husband can't tie their hair up and all that type of palava, you know? And, and then I had- Can like I just stop n- you for a second? Because I think it's absolutely <laughs> fascinating and it's so relatable that the first thing you thought is, oh my God, my husband can't tie my kid's hair back because <laughs> I would so- think the same thing like who's gonna who's gonna remind them to brush their teeth every night no it's true I mean I love him to bits and I'm not like hating on men now at all he's a great great dad and he's super involved etc but he cannot he cannot figure out a scrunchie like he does not understand how they work it's extraordinary so anyway I thought all those obvious kind of thoughts I guess you have in those moments but then I thought another thought which was quite surprising I just thought to myself oh my god I really need to bungee jump, you know, and it just came out of nowhere. This sort of like, I fucking need to bungee jump. And then, of course, there were a few weeks of like back and forth with the doctor. By the way, eventually everything was fine. But that bungee jump just never left my mind. And it was a, lo- a sort of like, I guess, a it represented something for me. It just represented doing stuff that I've always wanted to do and sort of never really did or stuff that I feel like I can't do because I'm 42 or because I'm a mom or because, you know, how can I, how can I possibly do this? I have responsibilities, blah, 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 you know, all that. And I just decided one night to sit down and make a bucket list. And I made this, you know, bucket list of all these things that I am going to do. And I started doing them. And then the next thing was happen- that happened was I thought to myself, hang on a minute, like I, I, should, I should document this. Like I, I should just start filming the stuff that I'm doing because maybe somebody can relate. Maybe, you know, maybe there are people out there who can relate. And that's how the series basically was born. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I bungee jumped. I dyed my hair pink. And the next episode, I'm not telling you what it is, but it's coming out very, very soon. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, I love that you're doing it. I think that so many people can relate. And before we get into this, because this is our show topic, I actually had a thought 
you know, yesterday I never lay down, but I haven't been feeling that well. So you guys, I've scheduled my hysterectomy. I know I've talked a lot on this show about being in menopause and all the things I struggle with. So I scheduled my hysterectomy and yesterday I just was having some pain and I laid down and I had this idea because I find like when we lay down and find the stillness, that's when we get our ideas. Like you get your ideas now when you walk every day because you started a walking regimen, right? Yeah. So I had this idea, like maybe I should document going through the hysterectomy because there's so many feelings. It's like taking out my uterus and taking away everything that makes me a woman and, you know, all of these different emotions I'm feeling and just grappling with the decision to do it. I don't know. I might actually shoot it. So I actually was inspired by your mom life crisis to maybe share my story of endometriosis and what I've been through because, you know, not a lot of people know that you can go into menopause when you're 33. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, exactly. And I, I, I think that would be really brave of you to do that. And I think a lot of women out there would, you know, would relate and find a lot of comfort just knowing that they're not alone either. And I do have, by the way, you know, at least one more friend who is exactly our age who's going through it. So it's, you know, there are definitely women out there. And I think that would be an amazing thing to do for yourself as well, because I feel like I'm getting a lot out of it. I mean, of course, the first thing is to do it for yourself, I feel. But it, it it does give a lot when people it's cathartic, tell you, right? But do you know it's what cathartic. I mean? Yeah, it's like people say to me, "Oh, you're really helping me," but I'm thinking to myself, "But you're really helping me." You know what I right. mean? Right. It is. Yeah. It's really a give and take relationship. Okay, so we're talking about mom life crisis, but I want to tell you a story about my mini mom life midlife breakdown yesterday because I was so in awe of what my daughter said to me, you guys. Okay, so yesterday, you know, as a blogger and a social media influencer, that's what they label me anyway, I was invited to go to a local restaurant, Bonefish Grill, which is like an upscale seafood restaurant for like a night out. And they gave us a beautiful dinner and Bob and I were invited. So I'm getting ready and I went to pull on my clothes and nothing fit. I was sitting there, you know how you have your skinny jeans, your mid jeans, and then you have your big jeans that you wear when you're, (laughs) my big jeans didn't fit. And Mm -hmm. I could barely button them. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, don't cry, Kristen. You're beautiful. And I put my hand on my stomach and I thanked my stomach for giving me two miracle babies. I was trying to like find some gratitude. And then I was trying to say like my affirmations, like I am beautiful. I am strong. I'm better than this. But no matter what I did, I couldn't keep the tears from falling. And -hmm. I know we've all had these moments where we go in our closet and our clothes don't fit and we just feel awful. Mm-hmm. And at that exact moment that the first tear fell down my cheek, my nine-year-old walked in and said, mommy, because she skips everywhere she goes. She skips in, mommy, you look so beautiful. Wow. And I was like, okay, like God, wow. the universe sent me this message. <laughs> and she said, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And I said, you know what, Lila, I'm just having a bad day. My clothes don't fit. This new medicine I'm on because I'm on new hormones and yeah. they're making me bloat and cramp. And I said, I just don't feel beautiful today. And she said, mommy, that's so sad. That makes my heart hurt for you because you are beautiful. And then she said, Tova, you don't have to look amazing to feel amazing. (laughs) Like, seriously, where did this kid come from? Oh, my God. I love her. She's nine. You don't have to look amazing to feel amazing. And then I just sobbed even harder. crying even more because and Bob looked at me and he's like where did she get that and like this girl leaves me quotes wherever I am like right now above my desk it says 
Start each day with a happy thought. Who knows where that thought might lead you? Like she just writes these things. Well, I I have a guess where it comes from. That's, you know, she's obviously learning it from somebody. Well, and I think that's so interesting because as women, you know, we have these inner critic thoughts, right? That tell us we're not good enough or we're too fat or we're not what we used to be. Because it does suck to stare into the mirror and not see your best self staring back at you, you know? For sure. It's interesting that our children reflect yeah. what we are trying to teach them. And so it was a really poignant moment for me and a, in a body acceptance, you know, self-acceptance kind of way. But it made me think of today's show in Mom Life wow. Crisis because we're all having uh, different, I think, Mom Life Crises in different ways. So I wanted to share that. That's amazing. I really love that story. And she's so, that's just so beautiful. I feel like, uh, y- you know, like, I don't, I can't remember the saying, but you know, like kids come out like with the, the out of the mouth stuff. of babes. Yeah. 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 They always, they also come out like with the worst stuff, you know, like yeah, my like daughter, mom, your breast smells. Yeah. My daughter, <laughs> on the other hand, tells me, you know, quite often that my vagina is weird. So, you know, <laughs> I just had to say that. No, they do. They do. No, of course yeah, they do. They yeah. They, they, like, they yeah. That. And they, yeah, they see the hair and they're like, what is that? Yeah. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is that a spider? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but she's awesome. She's that's amazing. It really. Yeah, is. I wanted to share that because I just was like so astounded, and I still can't believe she said it. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about Tova's series, Mom Life Crisis, has spawned today's episode because I feel like so many of us in our 30s and 40s, we get to this point where we're like, okay, we're in the middle. Like we're in the middle season, right? We've had the early season. The late, the golden years aren't here yet. Okay, I don't like the middle because I don't feel like I'm in the middle yet. Like the middle. You don't. No, no, no. I feel like the middle is going to be the point where I say I've got more past than future and I don't feel like I'm there yet, you know, because I'm going to live till I'm like 115. So like there's no way. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. Uh, Yeah. So you're a good 15 years. I'm not in the the middle, middle. but I'm approaching the middle. You know, I'm approaching the middle. But I actually feel like I keep saying, oh, I'm 42 and 42, but I actually don't think it had to do with an age in a sense of a number. It's more potentially what happens to women maybe at this age, you know, so hormonal or I don't know, the fact that for me, I know now I'm not going to have any more kids. So that chapter of like, you know, having your babies and having, you know, so that those bodies attached to you and all that and everything that goes with that, right, is now over. And suddenly it opens space for something else. And it was literally a combination of so many things. But a lot of it is physical, Kristen, I have to tell you, like a lot of it is physical. I mean, first of all, I'm horny as fuck, like seriously, you know, <laughs> like I don't know where it's come from, but it's, it's like I'm a 42 year old, like I'm a, I can't even know what I'm saying, but like a, like I'm a 13 year old boy is how I feel. And I'm not embarrassed to say it because I feel like a lot of women around this age get to that point where they suddenly feel this burst of sexuality And this suddenly, you know, that I don't feel like enough people talk about. I know there's a lot of research saying about like women's, uh, women reach their sexual peak in their 40s and all that. From a very sort of scientific, can I say scientific? Is that a word? Scientific? Uh, Scientific. Yeah. So scientific kind of aspect. But I want to talk about how it feels, you know, it's very frustrating. It can feel really, really frustrating because I feel like I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck like I'm pounding like against a a brick wall and I don't know how to sort of express it and what's weird is when I started feeling that way again I felt very alone and I thought oh my god something's wrong with me like what's happening 
But I slowly started having conversations with friends who are, again, around the same age and then discovered that, oh, my God, they're all feeling the same. Like a lot of them were just like, oh, my God, that's how I feel. But it's so embarrassing to admit, you know, I'm walking around and I'm like having fantasies about the gardener or whatever. You know? <laughs> and you feel like that's really wrong and what's happening to you. But it's just part of, I guess, one more thing that happens, which, by the way, always it made me think about how as women, you know, as women, we have chats about women's stuff. When you're a little girl, your mom will tell you about your first period. She'll prepare you. Maybe she either did or she didn't. But my point is, it's like a conversation you have with your mom. You'll maybe talk about birth control. You'll maybe talk about your first sexual encounter. You'll talk maybe about like what it's like to give birth or what it's like to look after a baby. But nobody ever talks to you about what happens after. Like I never had, I had some of these conversations with my mom. But I never had a conversation with her about what she went through in her 40s. And weirdly enough, my mom, now I realize, had a massive crisis when she was in her 40s. She left my dad when she really? was 42. Yeah. Are they not together anymore? No, no, they're divorced. They're really good friends. But she, and they had a very difficult marriage. It was it was sort of right for them to break up. But the point is that ironically, they finally broke up when she was 42, which is exactly my age. And I never really thought of it more than, you know, you know. But I recently asked her, I asked her, like, were you going through something at that point in time? And she said, yes, 100%. And actually, going back to your story about the pre, you know, pre-menopause, early menopause, she then said to me that that's what she was going through. She went into early menopause and she was a mess, you know, and, and she left. So I feel like it's something that a lot of women go through and just not, you know, it's just not talked about enough. That's kind of the sense that I'm getting. I don't know. Do you relate to any yes. of this? What do you so, think? So I am the opposite of you because I'm in early menopause. I don't feel the same hormonal urges. So I'm sorry to my husband. So Mike <laughs> is a very lucky guy. But <laughs> So I don't relate to that part of it. But I do th relate to the hormonal piece, which is that I think at this point in our lives where we've had our kids, we all feel different shifts hormonally where you're feeling yeah. it one way, I'm feeling it the opposite. And when your hormones are changing a little bit, it, it really can wreak havoc on your physical presence, on your emotional presence. So for me, that's translated to more anxiety, you know, more hot flashes, like just not feeling like my best self. Like I feel like in my 30s, when before I was having kids, I felt so good and I was so strong and I had time for myself and I was working out. But I feel like once we have our children, a big part of this is we don't, we aren't making as much time for ourselves. And that's where we just don't start not feeling like you're saying you feel stuck because We've put ourselves in this box of mom and we have to work and we have to do all of the things that we've forgotten about that person who we were uh, before kids. That's where yeah. I that's where I feel like I have been, which is part of the reason why we took a hiatus. And, you know, you've been yeah. walking every day. You've been walking every day, right, to find some time yeah. for yourself. What other things have you been doing to take care of yourself? You walk every day. Have you made more girls nights out? I mean, first of all, the walk, like I have to tell you, it's become like a, it's literally become, I don't even know how to explain it. You know, like I go up, it's not very far from where we live and there's a woods, right? There's like just basically a wood and I go and walk there and I don't know what it is about going back to something that's a little bit nature and like, you know, just kind of like really getting lost a little bit in the paths and just letting, I don't know, something about that I find really inspiring and amazing. And I take the time every single morning to do that. 
Like, it doesn't matter if it's raining, if it's snowing, if the, you know, I, I don't care. Like, I'm going on my walk. <laughs> so, um, and that's helped a lot, not just physically, because I do feel like, you know, just having that bit of exercise has been good for me because I don't really exercise. You know that. So you never miss it. You never miss no, it. No and matter how, what. And what is the, like, what is the result? Like, are, is that your time to think? Do you yeah. listen to podcasts? Do you listen to music? Like, I usually you- listen to, just listen to music and I go off in my little imagination. <laughs> you know, I, I see movies in my head. <laughs> no, but and I, I'm so, yeah. I so find it so awesome that we're able to do this podcast together. But yeah. I tell you all the time that I feel like I learn from you and sometimes you feel like you learn from me, but like, I love to work out. I know that's yeah. crazy, but I rarely make the time. Like this morning, I said, okay, if we're not recording, I'm going to go work out. But guess what? I didn't. I did all the things I thought I had to do. But for me, working out, running, walking, I even go to a park and I work out with a group of friends. It just that human connection, yeah. getting away from the everyday and just working it out and getting the anxiety out and getting a good sweat on for me, it just makes me feel like I'm whole again. So I think number one thing, if anyone's listening and they're going through a mom life crisis like we are, is make that time to do yeah. something. I mean, like Tova's saying, I mean, you're not doing it to lose weight. You're doing it to just kind of rejuvenate your soul, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, every day they could be like a million reasons why I wouldn't go because today I have to do this and a million things, but I don't really care. And uh, by the way, I've said this before. You know, when you make time for yourself, it is going to come on the expense of something else because you can't create more time in the day. You know, you're limited in time and that's a fact. But I, one of the things that I realized, I guess it was towards last season, even we talked about it, but it's much more deep now and it's rooted. Like, I don't feel like I need to apologize about it at all anymore is that I'm on the top of my list at the moment in terms of priorities. I'm right up there. And it doesn't mean that my kids aren't up there right there with me or my husband isn't. They are. But. I'm right up there, whereas before I don't think I was number one. I am now. And for me, the walk is like a lifesaver. I need it. Like I need it. If I don't have it, I'm not functioning. But there's other things, you know. I started taking up, st- I mean, I'm doing the, mom- the the stuff on my list, which has been awesome, you know, which are all things that are really making me happy because they're genuinely stuff that I, I want to do for me and not for anybody else. So that's been amazing. But I've made other time for myself. Like <laughs> I've started taking baths. <laughs> Which I know is so stupid, but that's like so, because again, like, you know, a mom shower, we all know what a mom shower is, right? Like you just like, you, you, you know, you jump in and out in like three seconds and you've basically shaved your armpits and brushed your hair and washed your hair and like, you know, whatever. And I just, I just thought, no, like just no, you know, and I used to hate baths, by the way, because I'm a very impatient person. So it's really against my nature to like a bath, but it's been awesome, you know? So lots of stuff like that, you know, little things, little things. No, and it is the little things. Like one of the things I do is write in my gratitude journal. And I have in the gratitude journal that I've created that you can write today's intention. So every morning I've made the time to write in it. And what's my intention today? Work out, get one thing done, like the podcast or call a certain friend. That's another thing I've been doing. Like every week I write down three friends that I haven't talked to in a while or and I try to at least go to lunch with one of them and call on the phone the other two and I'll do it while I'm walking. Like, you know, I work out and then I do a 20 minute walk after and I'll do the call like, you know, we have to micromanage our time. 
and multitask. Yeah. But I try to make more human connections. And the other thing is just being kinder to ourselves. Like you said, making taking a bath is good for you. What I love to do is read. And yeah. I have lost my ability to read because we're always so busy. So I have neglected my blog, kristenhewitt.me. I used to write three times a week. Now I'm lucky if I get one blog post up a week. Yeah. But that's okay because I'm reading again. So it's kind of like a give and take. You kind of have to pick what's important to you and just, you know, find what's important to you and make the time for it, which is so hard. But there's a great quote, and I wish I could tell you who said it, but they, they say, it's not about finding the time, it's about making the time. Yeah, exactly. Because, exactly. Because you're not going to, exactly, the, you, you, the time isn't going to just pop out. Oh, yeah, suddenly you've got these spare couple of hours. You just have to, you just have to make it. I just wanted to go back, though, to what we were talking about earlier, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just regarding like all these feelings, because I want to talk to the ladies out there who are listening to the po this podcast now, like if you can relate to this, I don't know. But, you know, I mentioned this uh, change and it's a hormonal change, all these feelings, all these desires or whatever, like coming out and like this sort of, you know, and a lot of, again, there have been a lot of articles written about it, about, you know, women in their 40s and changes and all that. And I, and I just want to say, like, I feel one of the other things that got me that really, really, really got me. And I wonder if other people can relate to this was this massive sense of, in, of being invisible, like just not being seen and the not being seen is in so many levels. You know, I feel like as a mom, first of all, like, you know, it's almost like you just disappear. I feel like I disappeared. Like I disappeared, my personality, who I really am disappeared. I actually don't, didn't even know who I was anymore. Like I look at myself and I'm like, I don't, with my kids, you know, I'll be like, come on, shoes, blah, blah, blah. Like this really serious, uptight, really annoying person. I'm not like that. I don't give a fuck about shoes. I like to wear barefoot. Like I don't like to walk around barefoot. Like I don't, I don't even understand like who this persona became, like who this person was. And that was one level that, you know, with the kids, but even with my husband, and that goes back to the whole sex debate and the whole conversation about relationships. Listen, when you become a mom and you have a baby strapped on you, sucking your boobs and like later, you know, and your body changes and all that happens, something in that kind of like, you know, sexuality, sensuality part of you, I feel for me personally, just totally disappeared like it wasn't there and I also see how my husband looks at me like he can love me and I'm sure he does you know I know he does but like the way he looks at me is like so different from how I remember him looking at me does that make sense Kristen do you understand what I'm saying so like you said you're not acting like yourself like you've become this person obsessed with shoes is that what you the way he looks yeah, at you like in that, that regard just, or the way he looks at you sexually no so for him when I was talking about my husband it's more like um in in the sexual aspect just like you know I can see love I can see appreciations I can see friendship but it's almost like that part of me before we had children you know the the other parts you know the more sexual parts and uh and just like more fun and vibrant they were gone you know, they're gone. And the thing is, I can understand it. I say this now, by the way, and, and Mike has no problem with me saying this because we talk about this all the time. Like the conversation is very open. And I talk about it on the show as well. You know, it's like something changes, you know, it just changes. So I feel now that the kids are a little bit older 
and all this is happening, I really need to be seen. Like I just need him to see me. I need the kids to see me. I just need, and I need to see myself. Like I need to see me. And did you see yourself when you dyed your hair in episode two of Mom Like Crisis? Did you finally see yourself? Like how did you feel after you had done that? This is the beauty though. I feel like none of the episodes work. It, uh, how do you say like uh, independently? It's not about one thing that I'm doing. It's about the whole process. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like mm-hmm. with everything that I'm doing, it is bringing me closer. It's it's not like I don't want to say like ticking a, a box because it's not about that, even though there's a list and I'm ticking stuff off my list. But I feel like it is bringing me closer to myself at the end of the day and to finding this thing that I'm sort of searching for because I am searching for something. A lot of people write in and they tell me what they think about the process and what they think. A lot of people were saying, we know what you're searching for. You're searching for yourself. Or, you know, people were saying what it is, is the process, enjoying the process and not what you're going to reach. You know, people are very... Well, I actually believe that and not to get too earthy, crunchy granola, but I (laughs) used to think as I listened to you, I used to, you know, I'm searching for the same way, but I'm doing it more internally, right? You're doing more external fun. You're doing your bucket list where I'm searching for it internally. And I believe that you never arrive. Like we all think that we're trying to find our true self. And when we arrive, it's going to be liberating and it's going to be freeing. And we're going to feel this aha moment and the angels are going to sing and we're finally going to feel whole, complete and happiness. When in reality, we never arrive. It's a journey. And all of this that we're on is part of the journey, the chaos the the messiness all of this is part of our journey i don't i truly believe that we never arrive and i think that you know so many of us are searching for things outside ourselves but we also have to look within ourselves because usually we have the answer right here yeah it's just we're not listening to i'm pointing to my heart people you can't see what i'm doing <laughs> but Dova and i can see each other on skype it's it's within us like we all have the answers we all know who we are we all know deep down what we love, what our passions are, what makes us happy. It's just we've ignored our voice and yeah. we've ignored and we haven't sat in the stillness for more than two minutes to, to really tap in to our soul and listen to what we need. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that we're both on a journey. We're just approaching it a different way. I do want to quote something, if you don't mind, yes. Tova. There was this great article on Oprah's website because, hello, Oprah is the goddess of all women. Um, and it's called The New Midlife Crisis. Okay. And it's all about women. And it says, a 2009 analysis showed that women's happiness has declined both absolutely and relative to men. More than one in five women are on antidepressants. An awful lot of middle-aged women are furious and overwhelmed. What we don't talk about enough is how the deck is stacked against them. Part of the reason we don't know much about women's midlife experience is that the focus has always been on men, Mm -hmm. which is so interesting because you hear about the guy that has four kids and is 45 and he goes out and buys the red Ferrari and gets a new girlfriend because he's freaking out. Like we've all heard that story, but I don't think we're talking enough about what women are going through. But also because I feel like, you know, you were talking about internal, external. So I get it. It's like also a personality and choice thing, but actually it relates back to this, uh, to this article. I feel, I do think that women do go through crisis, but a lot of the times they internal them or keep them under wraps because I feel like, again, I'm making a massive generalization here. So feel free to, you know, throw tomatoes at me and tell me that I'm wrong. But like, 
it, you know, in general, we 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 feel like we have to be responsible. I don't think that women feel that they can just, you know, uh, you know, get a sports car, start banging the 20 year old secretary, you know, and sort of like uh, go on this kind of like a midlife crisis like men, you know, cliche kind of do. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but that's not to say that they wouldn't like to, you know. <laughs> Right. Uh, and I get I mean? that. But, but we but I do I feel like I do get what you're saying because women like, you know, we're the main caretakers of the kids. We feel like we have to run the house. But I have to tell you that I have gone on strike several yeah. times in this little <laughs> hiatus. And when I say I've gone on strike, I will strip the beds and not make them and I'll wash the sheets and I've taught the kids and the my husband how to make the beds. And he's like, But the sheets aren't on the beds. We'll go make them. You're just as capable as I am. Like I've had to let go of a lot of my perfectionism ways yeah. to to be happier. Like I've had to let the house go and maybe not wash the sheets every seven days, maybe do it every 10 days because I need to, you know, do something for me on the weekends. Like I've had to let do things my husband's way to um, to just give up and lean in and kind of surrender. And I think more women need to do that if you have a partner or if you have a spouse or if you have a husband like don't feel like everything is your responsibility. We need to give equal share of the work to our partners. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that doesn't have any bearing on how we're feeling? No, no, I agree with that. But for me, the more like the way I would phrase it more would be, I feel like I am done with the with the title, with this, with, with just like, I don't like, okay, I don't do titles, but I'm done with the mom title when it comes to, what it's supposed to say about me as a person. I don't want to, I love being a mom and it's definitely one of my key roles that I do in life, of course, but it, I don't I don't want it to be the sole and only thing that defines me. I'm a woman first. I've got a hundred like other things that I, you know, I don't want to dress like a mom. I don't want to like, you I don't, don't want to assume jeans. like that I'm driving a mom car. Like I don't want to have anybody put their expectations on me simply because once upon a time I had a baby. Like I don't, I don't understand that. I've never heard of dad jeans. I've never heard of a dad job. <laughs> I've never heard of a dad car. Like I've never heard of those terms. Has anybody ever asked a dad, how do you balance everything? Yeah. Like I've never heard of it. Like I don't want that. And by the way, it's not uh, like I'm not making a feminist statement here it's not about that it's about like i i i'm i'm i, I it really I, I feel like it took away i said this on the show it took away a massive massive part of my individuality because it just put me in a box and that's it and now it's like right so now be the box and by the way the box is amazing i love my children be the I box love my children you know what I mean? Like, I love, love, love my children. I feel the need to say that in case anybody doubts it. And you know me and you know how I'm, uh, how, what I'm like with my kids. I freaking adore these kids, obviously. And I wouldn't change it in the world. And I also struggle to have children. So I have to say all this just to make sure people realize. But the point is, it's, I, you know, I, I just, I don't want to be the box. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be in the box. I don't want to freaking box. But you want to be the box. You don't want to be in the box. No, you want to be, be the box. box. I feel yeah. like that needs to be the title of your next video. Yeah. Be the box. But I want to hit on be something really quick before we, I, that needs to be your next video. Be the box. Cause I love that point. I think it's so brilliant. 
I love that you said you don't want to just be a mom anymore. And I love that phrase. So I, I recently started a solo podcast and I interviewed, do you know who Trista Sutter is? She was the bachelorette who, do you ever watch the bachelor or the bachelorette no, shows on really. ABC? It's a big American show where you go on a show and you try to meet your husband. Yeah, yeah, no, well, no, she no, met I her husband. Sh- I know right. the show. So yeah. she met her husband. So she did this TED talk and she did this whole talk about how she's not just a mom. And why do we say that? Like I used to say that. I used to say, oh, I'm just a mom who talks on TV. But I don't do that anymore because none of us are just a anything. No. We're not just a, and we diminish what we are and we, we do label ourselves. And I love that you're not um, labeling labeling yourself as just a mom anymore. And I don't do that either. A lot of times people say, oh, what do you do? And it's like, it's not what I do. It's who I am. Yeah. And by the way, this is said with not like no disrespect to anybody who is a mom and I mean it's just insane for me like I'm a human being first of all like I I'm you know like I'm a woman I there's you know that I can define myself in many many ways and they'd all be true but I feel that with motherhood and this comes a lot from the outside as well. It's like once you enter that category, that defines you. It makes choices for you. And that's the thing I resent. It's not motherhood that I resent. It's not being somebody's mother that I resent. I love it. You know, it's it's just the the how it's looked upon from outside and what expectations and assumption it's put on me. And I just don't like that. I will, you know, I just don't like that. It's not for me. So the show and, and everything I'm going through is a lot about that as well. You know, it's breaking those boundaries and barriers and saying, actually, yeah, I have children, but I can do whatever I want. I can talk the way I want. I can do the way I want. I can bungee jump if I want. I can have pink hair if I want. I can do whatever I want because I'm so much more, you know, I'm, 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 do you know what I mean? And moms are allowed to do whatever they want, you know? So that's kind of where it all kind of comes from, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I'm (laughs) glad you're doing your series and we'll link to that as well. So before we move on, should we ask a question this week? Let's get back into our cold coffee routine on our cold coffee show Facebook page. What are you doing for yourself this week or what? How would you like to phrase it? Because Tova does her walks. No, let's do something. Let's do something like more extreme. Let's say so if you had to do one thing as a mom life crisis adventure, right? So just to remind you guys. First thing I did was bungee jump. Second thing was painting my hair pink. And third thing you'll find out tomorrow or in a few days, whenever. What would you do? What, what do would you, your mom you life do? adventure be? Be, exactly. Why would you, what would your mom life adventure be? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think <laughs> what, would what yours be? would be. I'm thinking. Uh, I have no desire to bungee jump. But it can be a lots um, of stuff. So just one thing. Because at no, the end of the day, I'm, it's no, lots I'm, of stuff. I mean, for me, I'm a traveler. Mm-hmm. Like I love to travel and this is going to see, I feel like I'm such, I'm like such a um, hokey person when I'm saying this, I'm not going to judge myself. I've always wanted to go on like a spiritual retreat to Amazing. like, uh, like a Buddhist monastery somewhere wow. like in Nepal yeah. or New Zealand, or I'd love to go to like a meditation retreat. Cause I love to meditate, but it, it's hit or miss. Like sometimes I can quiet my mind and sometimes I can't, I would love to go. I've been saying this for a while. I'd love to go to like a wellness center spa like monastery type retreat and just sit with like these people on a pillow for days and days and watch the sunset and do nothing and see if I gain the clarity that I've read so much about I don't think that's silly at all I think that's incredible and it's awesome and I can relate and I think you should do it do it get off the the get off the 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 recording now when we finish 
Open your Explorer and start looking at monasteries in, in Nepal. By the way, I've been to Nepal and you would love it. You have to go. <laughs> you been? Oh, yeah, you have to go. But I didn't go on a retreat. But you have to go. You have to go. Do it. Yes. I mean, that's on my list. I've been thinking about it for a while, but I'll probably have to find something closer in the States because I don't know that I can afford a uh, flight to Nepal or It's quite Zealand a far right now. True. Yes. Well, listen, I um, I love this topic. I love what you're doing. And I love that we both took the time from this show to, to give back to ourselves. And I hope everyone listening gleans that from this, that we're not saying we hate being moms. We just miss the people we used to be before we were moms. Yeah. Uh, okay. So should we uh, do what's our news? What's uh, not so news? I yeah. Yeah. Not so news. Here we go. Okay, so I'm going to kick this off because I, I do you have one today. I don't think you do, right? I don't. I don't. Oh, okay, this right. is all you. Okay, so this is really stupid. <laughs> but we have to put this on the page because I feel like what people need to see are the images. Okay, it's all about the images. So the headline is gorillas caught in action in the midst of passion at the zoo. So basically, these two gorillas, right, <laughs> are going at it. But like the thing is, somebody snapped these pictures and like we're doing we're talking about like doggy style. We're talking about like missionary. It's it's everywhere. Like it's everywhere. You really right? are horny, aren't you? No, <laughs> I was. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. That's so true. So basically, these hilarious pictures and it says down there like shocked uh, you know, shocked uh, people watching, whatever. I'm thinking they couldn't have been that shocked because they took all these pictures. But what's so sweet about these pictures are the looks the gorillas are giving to the camera. They look not like, to each other. No, they're looking at camera and they're kind of like they're giving a look of like busted, you know, like slightly embarrassed and slightly what you looking at. You know, <laughs> we have to post these pictures. <laughs> That's funny. I have to see it. I'm so um, juvenile. <laughs> By the way, this is not a not so news, but did you see this oh. article? I sh um I shared it on my Facebook page, Kristen Hewitt TV. But did you see it? It took. It says some schools in the UK are reportedly ditching traditional analog clocks because students aren't able to tell time during tests. No, British schools are replacing and giving digital clocks. Um, schools in Britain are throwing their hands up over kids who can't tell time on traditional clocks. The tele the London Telegraph reports. The current generation aren't as good as reading traditional clock faces as older generations. So they're used to seeing digital representation on their phone or their computer. So now the schools are moving to digital clock. So I'm wow. curious what you think about this. Like, do your kids know how to tell time on a normal clock? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what they're teaching them. Like, yeah, they, you know, that's that's how they're learning. That's a bit surprising. I wonder. No, I've never, I didn't hear about that. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. I saw that and I thought of you. I think I sent you that article, but I don't know if you no. saw it because I was like, whoa, did you know that this is happening over there <laughs> on your side of the pond? Did you know they just gave up on your kids? They were like, eh, we can't really teach you. So here you go. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Well, Tova, it is so good to be back. It's so good to be doing this with you again. I did not have my cold coffee yet today, but I'm going to go make a cup now that we're done chatting. I had a nice coffee this morning. It was nice. You did? But yeah. thank you guys for hanging with us and, and waiting for us to come back and supporting us and continuing to follow us on our Facebook page, Cold Coffee Show. If you haven't subscribed, it would be lovely if you could do so. And share this with your friends and let them know we're back because we are back. And we are doing a full season two and we can't wait to be here. And we have so many things to talk about. 
Thank you so much, you guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye, Kristen. Bye.